Degenerate Business School is brought to you by the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and Frozen Chicken Tenders, keeping Robert Nunez alive through the California state-mandated quarantine. Berta, James, this this is Degenerate Business School, Coronavirus, Shelter in Place edition. How you guys, uh, how you guys handling the crisis? You weathering? Are you weathering the crisis? Social distancing, that's my specialty. (laughs) It's your natural posture. You don't really have to change anything. It's like business as usual, yeah. High, high work from home frequency. Yeah. Berta, what yeah, about you? It's not not going well. Um, there's not a lot of uh... intercourse. You need more intercourse. <laughs> um, that'd be nice, but, <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it's exhausting being at home. I'm like driving myself insane, but you know, not too bad. So, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, Berta, James, are we feeling are we feeling smart this week? I feel kind of smart. One thing uh, we left out last Friday, which quite honestly I wasn't sure I was ready to do. So we uh, we all three bought into SPXS because the the market rallied. The S and P got to twenty seven hundred bones, and we felt like it was an irrational bounce. And so far, that beautiful, beautiful play is up 19% in the last week. But over the weekend, in a fit of anxiety, I also decided that we weren't anywhere near the bottom, and I basically just sold my entire portfolio. So basically, I just have SPXS now. I'm just hedging the end of the world. So are, are you guys in the same boat? Did you exit all your longs? Most of them, except holding on to Zoom and Slack. Yeah, that was, that was other work from home type plays, but uh, bouncing got out of XPXS around the twenty high twenty three hundred range. Um, Want to get back in sometime? You know, pretty much it's range bound right now between twenty five and twenty three. So, get looking to get back in the short. So I guess you know on that score, if you're if you feel like you've missed the boat, if you're still holding on to your uh, equity positions like an idiot. Uh, and you feel like you missed the boat, Berta, we have many miles to go before the S&P bottoms out. Where, where is this thing going? Uh, if I had to put, if I had to put a target on it, I'm calling 1700, 1708. Um, exactly. Plus or minus one. (laughs) Yeah. And and yeah, this is based on one, one of your favorite, uh, like, you know, shaman, uh, forecasting tools <laughs> the old uh fibonacci retracement yeah so so yeah just if you if you draw a line from the 20 or 2009 bottom to the 2009 2020 high you can retrace the levels down to 
uh, what is it, like 27 and some change, which we were for several days, 23.50, which is the 2018 low, and then ultimately uh, the next level, which I, I think we're going to hit soon, should be 1,700. If you break below that, just, you know, find a bunker and, uh, I don't know, learn to make jerky because it's, it's going to be rough. <laughs> well, uh while I generally would be completely mystified by what you're saying, I, I did it a different way yesterday because, let's be honest, who's actually working? Um, if you look at the 2001 recession and the rally right before it and the 2008 recession and the rally right before that, the delta between the market high in the S&P and the market low was basically 45 points. I think in 2001 and 51% in 2008. So if that's if that's how much we're going to lose off the top of this market which was around, you know, north of 3300, then that means the floor is somewhere between 1650 and 1850, which by the way, Robert is just another way of saying that your Italian pseudo math is probably right. Yeah. So so because of that like I, I understand what James is saying about the SPXS being range bound, and he's he's probably right in that regard because of how we'll get there. But ultimately, truth, truth. I, I am holding it because I, I do think this market's going lower. Well, and so, even if you're not in SPXS and you're just nervous about your 401k, this is as good a time as any to to sell because this isn't anywhere near the floor. Given that none of the unemployment data has come out, none of the macroeconomic data about what is guaranteed to be, to re- guaranteed to be a recession has come out. So uh, if you're just interested in protecting another 20% of downside, sell now. And, and that's probably the mark we have to hit before you start seriously buying shit up. Yeah. And, and I would say there are bound to be certain things that are the exception. Like I don't think you're going to see a 20% downside uh uniformly like certain things will do okay but for the most part it, i think it's a crapshoot to start picking things right now just because everyone is withdrawing guidance so if you try to place a value on you know where stocks are going based on like valuations and earnings and things like that it's all a crapshoot at the moment ain't gonna work jamathan what did you uh i feel like you were also completely right uh in that Jer Bear tried to throw some darts at the uh, market on over the weekend, announcing another rate cut, uh, unveiling more quantitative easing, but uh, it didn't work. It didn't work worth a goddamn. So, it, what what would it take if there's anything you could do short of your nationalization strategy to uh, stem the tide? Yeah. So right now the um, Congress gave him. Approval to buy. I think he's going to buy municipal bonds. I think he's looking for congressional approval to buy corporate debt. So there might be a expansion of Fed powers to do that. He's probably definitely going to buy debt in some of these, you know, hospitality airlines and and all that. So just look for that. Um, whether it helps, I mean, it might stem some tide. I mean, at least it might keep markets afloat. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say what what kind of monetary policy would really lead a turnaround since this is mostly fiscal and also a health crisis well so to be clear the yeah. the uh the goal that he's trying to achieve with all of these purchases 
can't possibly be like preventing a recession, right? Like at this point, that seems more or less inevitable. It's just, uh, it's to your point to keep markets afloat just because uh, when all these businesses, I mean, without it, so many businesses would go bankrupt that it's just preventing a contagion elsewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, much. So the mechanics of that would look like basically the the best version of this would look like a massive like tarp 2.0 that addresses the corporate debt crisis and Jer Bear just gets a huge blank check to start gobbling up distressed corporate debt. Yep. All right, I'm signing I'm signing the bill into law. I'm doing it. So, I guess the other question then is if you're looking for a way to prospect value when, when the time comes to buy a bunch of stocks up, which is not that time yet, we're so far from that, uh, do you look at companies that get withered uh, immeasurably like an airline but ultimately like survive on the other side of this, whether they get nationalized or not? That feels like almost like a guaranteed buying opportunity. Yeah, I think it is. Um... You know, I think if you do get on the bottom, whatever, however you time it, if you do time it right, I mean, everything goes up. Uh, so you'll make money off tech. You'll make money off of then distressed businesses. You might even make money off of energy companies. I mean, it just. Um, but yeah, I guess it depends on how the, you know the how much. But I think there are there there is there's definitely going to be a bottom eventually, and uh, and the Fed's going to prop the, up up. So they're going to be a, provide a backstop. Eventually, they might even buy stocks. That's that's another step on, on Fed powers, which we're not there yet, but, you know, once we hit, like, the teens and the S&P, then that might be in play also. Well, the, the latest the latest that's being discussed in terms of uh, a fiscal bailout would be the federal government owning uh, stakes in the companies that receive bailout money. Um, so, with, in your opinion, is that in lieu of or in addition to the Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve also taking stakes? Yeah, there there's a lot of political pushback for that, and from the companies. Um, you know, they have to get really bad for for them to do that. Um, so that's sort of all, they're on the fence with that. Um, yeah, but you know, we'll we'll see. Well, the other I think the other thing that is brewing in the punditry is so all of this basically like destroys retail, destroys anything that's traveled adjacent, but that the wreckage of this recession leaves the tech monopolies more powerful than they ever were before because they're the most invulnerable. One, for structural reasons, just because they're so bloody well capitalized that they just come out of this uh, better than ever, which I think is a way of saying that as I come out of this, I'm going hard in the paint on generalized S&P index funds, but I'm doubling down on tech, and I think you're just being opportunistic about looking for companies that are distressed as fuck now that just happen to survive and another one that i think is tech but it's also manufacturer is tesla that i'm just fascinated to see what happens to tesla over the last the next i don't know six months to a year because financially structurally they're super vulnerable but they have like the the speculation that brews around it so if tesla gets into the two three hundreds feels like a good buying opportunity too. 
Yeah, tech hasn't really gone down that much. I mean, Amazon's held its value pretty well. Yeah. Um, things are even up this week, I think. Um, so, you know, you might not get great, great bargains. I mean, they're still, they might still be valued, you know, close to a trillion. I don't know. I, I guess right now there's, it's, it's probably slightly less, but, you know, you, they'll still outperform, I think. Well, the, the other thing that comes to mind for me is markets tend to be forward-looking. So even though we know that from a real standpoint, you know, we've yet to receive economic data points that say we're in a recession, we know we are, but like the data hasn't officially confirmed that. We know that we're bound to get um, a slew of, uh, you know, companies going under because of the corporate debt crisis and so on and so forth. But as I've said, um, markets tend to be forward-looking. So is it possible that in waiting for these things to happen, we're actually going to miss a bottom and that the bottom could like hit in before the rest of these things actually come to fruition? That's a possibility. But right now, I mean, we don't think 300 is going to hold it. I don't think any of us do. And then it's how low do you go before that? And then maybe there's another level that you can go down, right? You, you say 1,700, maybe it bottoms out at 19, who knows, right? But um, you know that there's like structural issues in place where, you know, once you have your unemployment number, then all the traders, they they put their in, in their valuation models and then they're probably going to be worse than expected. And so that that's another and a leg down. So, yeah, I mean, you might, I mean, it's going to be quick, right? That bottom... When it comes, it hits and it hits it and it snaps right back up. So you know, like with in, in two thousand nine, where it didn't really go, didn't really hit six hundred for very long. It hit like maybe seven hundred to six hundred, and that was like maybe only a couple of days, and then it yeah. snapped right up. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty quick when when you do hit see the bottom, and but even then, even if you get in at like nine nine hundred, like if you got in at nine hundred or eight hundred in the S and P, you're still pretty good. Yeah, I, I guess my whole thing is I'm just trying to be selfish and uh, a little bit greedy, timing this perfectly, but, you know, that's it, it, all the crap shit at the end. So, on that note, if it gets to, what what is your break point for starting to buy some shit as Robert just heaves back some Negro Modelo and uh, red wine? What, what is your breakwater for... If the S and P hits this marker, I'm just gonna start buying. Is it nineteen hundred? Yeah, around maybe like eight, yeah, mid eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I would say you probably start buying some you know quality names, and then uh, and if it goes lower than that, then you can just get more into the leverage stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's that's like what I'm thinking in my head right now. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I think. Uh, once you get to that point, you can you can still expect some downside, but for the most part, at that point, you can you can expect that it'll be limited. Um, and you know, to James's point, if we're expecting a pretty quick bounce off of the bottom, like I, I have no problem losing another ten percent before the actual uh, rebound really takes effect. Yeah, all of this is a way of saying that I'm excited, man. I feel like I'm. I'm on top of the once in a generation opportunity to witness a pandemic and profit off of it like a true scumbag. So at at nineteen hundred I put half my life savings into the S P and at sixteen fifty I'll put the other half in. Feels like the right plan. 
state. You're just like a, a U.S. senator. So. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Robert, any other yeah. words of wisdom? I would just say I'm going to go first. I know I just asked you the question, but I'm going to go first. I do think, you know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, lazy wisdom out there that is, hey, you know, if you're younger now, it doesn't really matter if the market crashes because over the long term, you know, you'll make that money back and the S&P is still the best place to broker a return. But but hey, man, it just seems like the writing is on the wall. So why expose yourself to another 20 percent of downside, you know? If you're in if you're in long positions, get the hell out and uh, wait till 1900 and then buy back in. It seems pretty simple. Don't just uh, buy and hold your way through this whole calamity. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it depends on on like who's asking that question, right? Because as yeah. I've said before, I I play this game for the fun of it, not for the money. And you know, I I understand the whole buy and hold mantra and and. You know, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just find it boring. So I, I <laughs> it is exceedingly boring. Yeah. You know, I, I get in and out because it's exciting. But if you're like 22 and you have 40 years, then just have a little fun with it. If you're 40, then yeah, maybe don't, uh, maybe don't try to time the market. It just ultimately, when people ask me, you know, what the right thing to do, it sort of depends on on your risk level and what stage of life you're in. I happen to be in my twenties and, um, very risk tolerant. So fuck it. I'll, I'll play this to the downside and I'll play it to the upside. And if I'm wrong, so be it. But, um, again, like I'm not overly concerned with what my money is going to look like in 40 years. Well, um, that's true because for you, you know, as long as you have a couch to sleep on, you're good. The other thing I would say is, uh, one thing that is real is like, listen, the point, one of the points you're making indirectly is that life isn't all about making money. It's about the ride. So if buy if selling all your stocks now just like grips you with anxiety, then yeah, you should probably just like let it ride and ignore it. But you and I are happy to check the S and P every 12 minutes. That doesn't stress us out. It might stress James out because he's triple leveraged all the time and has experienced margin calls. But for us, it's it's uh, all in good fun. Until until you start getting into fentanyl and you're sleeping on my couch. Speak, speaking of, <laughs> so uh, I was telling James this, I mean, sorry, Greg earlier this week. Uh, I used to have a Scott Trade account a few years ago. And I, I completely forgot about it because I moved my money out. But since Scott Trade got acquired by TD, I indirectly now have a TD account, which had like... I don't know, a hundred dollars in it last I checked. So just for shits and giggles, I tried to buy a couple of shares of SVXY, short in the VIX. And yeah, no, no warning. No, if anything, it encouraged me to buy a little bit more. Um, so yeah, everything is in place to, um, just go full fentanyl from here on out. <laughs> yeah. When you sell though, um, you just got to make sure you got to remember the levels you sell that. And just as long as you buy back at a lower level, you know, you're fine. You've, you've, you know, that yeah. whatever move you made was profitable. Now, if it goes down and then you miss it and then it comes back up, make sure you buy back again around the same levels. Yeah. 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 All that. Yeah. We've, I've learned.
learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's basically my mantra. I try to learn from James's mistakes and uh, hopefully, hopefully not repeat them. I will. I will uh, say this. You know, um, some people have jobs that actually help people. That's not us, obviously. But uh, I will say that a couple of people. You know, there are around 30 that listen to this podcast. A couple of people have uh, confirmed that by listening to the podcast, they feel like they are better off than they otherwise would have been if they hadn't. So, you know, we're helping people. We're basically like uh, social workers. So feel good about that. Well, keeping it topical, my mind went to <laughs> doctors. But uh, sure, sure. Sure, 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 sure. You're like, social workers are trash. They don't do anything. Uh, (laughs) All right. It's been a pleasure, guys. The inaugural Google Hangout. We had some technical difficulties, but that's what uh, GarageBand is for. Nice. All right. Later, homies. Are you not reading out for uh, your scorecard? Oh, shit. You're right. God damn. I'm off my game. It's because I've been wearing sweatpants all week. You gotta tell the people how you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so the S and P uh, obviously has shed 15 points in in the last week, uh, but uh, everything in the degenerate portfolio has been sold as of Monday or Tuesday. So the only thing that's left in it is our last SPXS hedge, and I'll be honest. I went I went rich on that one and so far it's it's doing well up 19%. However, we took an absolute bludgeoning to death on T triple Q. Uh also took some extreme heat on Facebook. That was a tough one. And uh yeah, a bunch of others. But basically where we are is uh down 14% uh, versus the S&P down 19%. So we're still five points ahead, and I actually think that with the passing of time, the uh, the spread should actually improve in our favor because we're we're exiting at a, not a high point, but not near the bottom. And if it does, if the S&P does keep careening down to closer to 2,000, hopefully SPXS improves. So we'll uh we'll keep we'll keep updating this uh as time goes on but we're a shade ahead of the S&P which which feels nice very nice yeah and right. hold on, this could be a bad weekend too so you you know I, i'm thinking monday will be a bad day so yeah yeah feels like it's only going to be bad weeks until i don't know we hit 1900 as we said yeah all right all right, all right homies uh, good stuff guys all right. See you next week. Adios. Thanks.